Hello and welcome to the Company Watch On The Spot podcast. I'm Joe Kettner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning, Joe. We are recording today's episode in the morning of Monday, the 26th of September. Um, I suppose it's fair to say that the first three weeks of our new Conservative administration in the UK have at least been eventful. And yet, I think, as, as Nick and I were talking earlier on, the, it seems this paradoxical situation we're in. Everything has changed over the last three weeks, and yet nothing has changed because all those problems that we've been talking about you know, over the summer and before are still in place. We're rising inflation, increasing energy prices, weakness of sterling, and, 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 all still here yeah. with, with bells on, um, really. And then on Friday, I mean, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> the world has just changed again. So on Friday we had a, a mini a mini budget um, that wasn't really a budget. I, I'm not sure even we meant to call it a budget because we had no official forecasts. Um, it was a fiscal event. A fiscal event. That's that's right. And goodness me, what an event um, it was, and what a fallout there's been over the weekend. Nick, do you want to give us a, a kind oh. of high level <laughs> summary oh. of what what happened? Well, I mean, I think the. The issue that has spooked the markets around the world is very simple and straightforward. You know, it's a it's a huge giveaway. I mean, I think the Institute for for uh, um, Fiscal Studies um, commented that it was the biggest tax giveaway since the Barber giveaway in 1972, so 50 years ago. <clears throat> and sadly, I remember that, and that was a bit of an event, I have to tell you, but not like this one. Um, and uh, and and I, I suppose you know there was a huge amount of harumphing about how socially um, inequitable the whole thing was. So much of the giveaway was going to the uh, the wealthy um, on the basis of trickle down economics, despite Biden's destruction of that as a <clears throat> good idea um, middle of last week when uh, Liz Truss was in uh, New York. <clears throat> but in a way, that all. That is what it is. It's politics. You know, had it been a new Labour administration, no doubt there would have been harumphing in a different direction because the giveaways would have been focused somewhere else. And you can debate the rights and wrongs all you like. The problem with this fiscal event was that um, the government gave the impression of not only having not done any sensible um, research into how it's going to be paid for, but frankly didn't care on the basis that it didn't really matter and that debt was under control and it was all fine. Well, hallelujah. It's that wonderful phrase over, <clears throat> over the weekend, the um, uh, the quasi budget. You know, the, the markets took the view that we... It does matter, doesn't it? It does matter. If you don't know how these things are going to be paid for, well, it, well, it, it, it matters. It, it really, really, really does matter. And, and there has been, I've heard a lot of commentary over the weekend <clears throat> about... Well, you know, this is a new way of looking at economics and the old way clearly hasn't worked. But of course, it takes markets time to adjust to a new paradigm. And it clearly the markets did not like what they saw. And as of this morning, they still don't like what they saw. And the problem there then becomes uh, it's the knock on effect of being a financial pariah in international debt markets. And it, it's the problem of sterling as it affects the um, cost of living crisis, stoking that. And, and, and a just wonderful quote from 
my good friend um, Simon Calder, the travel guru at The Independent, um, who uh, tweeted about an hour or so, an hour and a half ago, saying, just being quoted 92 euro cents for a pound at London St Pancras. Um, and he did say for older readers, that means a pound now equals 6.04 French francs, which is a nice touch. <laughs> um, but uh, of course, so there's, there's all right. So it's making holiday making incredibly more expensive than, than people have thought. And that will, you know, that that is, but that is sort of flim flam and it's unfortunate and it's painful. The problem is what it's doing to the cost of importing. importing. Mm-hmm. And Hallelujah. Same time, pretty much. Uh, somebody else on Twitter commented and said, "Worth noting that a one hundred dollar barrel of oil cost seventy four pounds at the start of the year. The same dollar price would now cost ninety five pounds." And that is incredible, isn't it? It that, is. I mean, that is enormous change. And you know, we were we were talking about what the you know, if you're managing risk and you've got, you know, you're exposed to to companies who've got imports um, risks, most companies will be hedging. But, yes. you know, we talked about this with the energy crisis back, in fact, probably about a year ago when we were talking about business energy prices. And we could yeah. see where the, the energy prices are going for consumers in particular. But businesses tend to to buy these things a lot, lot further in advance to have kind of stability for longer periods. But even so, you know, that is a hell of a, a change, mm-hmm. isn't it, in, in costs yeah. if you're um, if you're dealing with risks. So, again, we would be saying, please talk to your your critical risks and find out what they're doing. Yeah. You know, how are they managing this yeah. um this this big big change? And of course we we import, don't we, more than yes. we export. Yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of what we import is denominated somewhere down the supply chain in dollars. So And we have and there is a point, isn't there, that the dollar is particularly strong. But yes. again, you've mm-hmm. you've kind of been looking at the the relative performance mm-hmm. of the of yes the, of you, sterling in relation to the dollar and other currencies. Yes, if you look at the um uh, the G20 uh, economies, the UK, um, in terms of its performance against the dollar, sterling <clears throat> against the dollar, is the second worst performer. So, it, you know, it, it, and, and if you look at the basket of currencies <clears throat> around the world, the major <clears throat> the major currencies, the UK has suffered or sterling has suffered by comparison with uh, not, not just the dollar, but all the other major currencies so it's um it, you know, yes the dollar is strong <clears throat> haven no a, a, a safe haven in a, in a time of much trouble but yes sterling is really struggling um, the the other angle on what's happened over the weekend which isn't getting a lot of publicity except sort of in in the sort of nerdish world that i inhabit from time to time um is what's what it's doing to guilt yields and um this morning um, the entire range of UK government bonds, gilts, <clears throat> um, had uh, gone up in cost terms by 20 basic basis points just overnight. Wow. Just overnight. And the yields on the, all these um, gilts are now 4% or more. They should be sort of 1% to 2%, longer term, under 1%. Um, they're now, you know, the 50-year gilt is now is now going to yield of nearly 4%. 
absolutely extraordinary. And of course, that does feed straight through into the cost of government borrowing. Which is already higher, isn't it? You know, we were already looking at government borrowing costs exceeding um, what the OBR thought. And the last OBR was back in March, wasn't it? So, you know, six months ago, yeah, lots of lots of change in that in that period. But it was it was was it almost double the August borrowing figure? What the OBR had Uh, predicted? Yes, it yes it was. Um, Yes, yes it was, and it was. uh, 11.8 billion was the was the actual cost in in August of servicing government debt. Uh, market expectation was 8.8 billion. As you say, the OBR had <clears throat> come up with with a much lower number, but in, in a different world, perhaps. Um, so, and of course, that led the IFS to um, declare that borrowings and debt levels were on an unsustainable path. But of course, um, it's interesting. My notes for what we're going to talk about today were written Thursday evening. And it's almost like um, looking back pre-COVID and thinking, what was the world like then? And so I I keep looking at these notes and thinking, blimey, um, (laughs) these things seem to matter so much last Thursday evening. Now other things matter. Much more. Or things, or things we were we were talking about the fall in value of sterling. You know, last mm. week we were talking about down to one one point one three, and yeah. it it went down to as low as one point zero four. I think didn't it? I mean, there 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 are all yeah. kinds of um, talk about that going to parity um, within a short well, a short we'll period. And, 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 and of course, the silly thing is we've we've been chatting for the best part of an hour, and in these volatile conditions, who knows what's what the rate for sterling is as we speak, you know, and what it'll be in the middle of the afternoon. I mean, this takes me straight back to Black Wednesday and the ERM expulsion. That's what that day was like. You know, you you tuned out for an hour and the world had changed. And it's a, it's a little bit like that. I mean, it, it, things will settle, but we don't quite know where they'll, <clears throat> well, they'll um, settle. But as you said, Joe, the problem is that whatever the government has done to destabilise um, the UK's reputation for financial prudence worldwide, the problems in the economy that were driving all sorts of issues before that have not gone away. Um, and you know, <laughs> and, and if anything, um, of course, they've been made worse by the impact on sterling and uh, on government borrowing costs but for, you know interest rate rates we you know my notes from before all this happened talked about you know the uh, bank of england hiking to 2.25 percent and the market talking about doubling that over the next 12 months well of course the talk now is it could go to five and a half six percent um and well, almost an emergency an emergency meeting there i mean i i find it hard with Andrew Bailey, I had, find it hard to think that we will get that kind of decisive action, yeah. given our past experience of, of but, him. But, but, but certainly, that's what's being thought about. You know, the, the, this um, is one half of a tug of war that's now happening in the UK economy, because you've got the bank damping down growth by hiking interest rates and talking and talking consumer spending down, and you've got the government throwing money at the at the the problem which it doesn't have you know to throw money it doesn't have at the problem and saying for god's sake get out and spend and you know there's we suddenly do not have fiscal policy and monetary policy on the same track i can't remember that happening before 
It doesn't right. sound like a recipe for a stable Well, again, um, of course, solution, that, 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 that gives international markets another reason to say, what the heck's going on here? You know, who's in control? That's 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 the point. Um, a few I feel other... like we should talk about energy, shouldn't we? Because that was we a big... That was a big problem. I mean, it still hasn't gone anywhere, but I think that we have now got certainty. And I think that was already, even in the last we recorded, mm. um, there were, you know, we knew that there was going to be some intervention in the um, in the consumer market. And yep. there was talk about intervention in the business energy um, market. So just run through what that looks like for us. Well, I mean, from the consumer point of view, um, the cost of an average household bill bill has been capped at two and a half grand a year um which is a which is higher than because the, if you go back into 2021 you know you're talking about 1077 then it was hiked um it was going to go up in october to uh, 1971 oh, okay mm-hmm. now it's 2500 but of course the government's thrown 400 pounds at everybody so the net answer is 2100 pounds mm. and at least it gives everybody some element of certainty um, and i think it's been pitched quite carefully that it means that people still have a reason to be cautious about the amount of energy they use because 2100 uh, net of the government support um, and of course, there's more government support for people on lower incomes. Um, but 2,100 net. Um, in, in case anybody thinks that's affordable for the um, for for people, the answer is absolutely not. I mean, good old middle class England is fine, not happy, but fine. But uh, there's a huge swathe of the population that is in severe energy poverty. So, but nonetheless. I think you know quotes. It's if you better say good than things. it's better than it was otherwise going to have been. Yes, I mean Absolutely. all those awful talks about talk about the um, the price you know, cap going to seven thousand. You know, I mean at least yeah. that has gone away. Yeah. Business, however, different matter. I mean the the intervention, um, this pretty blunt instrument, basically is aimed at halving the energy costs for businesses. It's retrospective in the sense that people who those unfortunate businesses who sign fixed term contracts, fixed price contracts, just before this announcement, the um, the discount to the rate that government is 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 supporting is pushed back to cover those contracts. <coughs> so <coughs> that is good. I mean, again, let nobody think that at half the energy um, cost that they might have been suffering. A lot of hospitality and other energy intensive businesses can afford this. So it's taken the worst of the sting out of it. But there'll be a lot of businesses who will be looking at this and saying, I still can't afford it. Because, okay. <clears throat> because you know, the, the, these are delicate businesses, often, you know, um, pretty flimsy. Pretty low margin. Mm. Low margin, low capital um, uh, reserves, low, 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 low. So highly, highly fragile. The problem is that this support package is stated to be of six months duration. There's a hint of, look, don't worry, guys, we're going to look at it again in three months time to get the targeting better. But the problem for businesses is six months is not long. Think about the budgeting and the planning and the investment cycle of businesses. And the answer is six months is 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 no good. And actually, I did pick up one extraordinary suggestion, which I must have hadn't thought of, 
which was what do businesses who've got only a six-month guarantee, you know, high intense uh, energy intensity businesses only have a six-month guarantee? How do they get the auditors to sign off on a going concern basis? Because the the requirement is for the directors to be able to look forward 12 months. So Hmm. what do they do? So that's going to be quite uh, interesting. So keep your eyes peeled for going concern qualifications Mm. point. Um, So. uh, But also I think it's about the investment, isn't it? So I think that, you know, the one of the. agendas that the government is trying to to push is about better productivity more business investment you know the whole trickle down economic um point and you do need some certainty you don't need to be able to plan plan to invest if you're planning to invest in your business mm. you, you do need to to have some you know and i guess we're looking at least 12 18 months at the very minimum that you want to be able to um to to have some yeah. kind of forecasting range um, and of course, you know nothing is certain in the future. We're all we're all looking, and we're we're kind of managing risks. But when you when you know there's a cliff edge coming, and that the what what is at the bottom of that is you know potentially ruinous. Mm. It, it, I suspect that lots of businesses are not going to be able to be in a position to um, invest in a way that they might otherwise have done if they had a slightly longer um, slightly longer mm-hmm. guarantee. So I think we we will be keeping a watching brief, won't we, on what what happens? But, but, but we will because you know we now that we're living in a world where the only thing that matters is growth. Um, uh, of course, as we've said previously and not and quite recently um, on one of our podcasts, the answer is you need certain conditions for growth. And you know this country has and other, and many other countries has done very well for a very long time out of the. Um, ready availability of cheap labour. That has ended. Let's not use the B word, but uh, it has ended. So the only other credible source of for growth is the improvement in productivity through business investment. So if we don't get the business investment, we will not grow. And you can throw all the tax cut you like at it, we will not grow. Because without investment, which improves efficiency and productivity, Things like AI, automation, better process um, uh, processes in manufacturing and, and also in services. Without, without that, um, you haven't got the labour force. So how are you going to grow? Yeah. That's my worry. Um, one other thing I picked up last week, um, which hasn't been changed, but may be changed um, by what's gone on, is, is the uh, August insolvency numbers. Yeah, yeah. And we are on an upward trend. Um, 1,933 business failures in just in England and Wales, doesn't include Scotland and Northern Ireland. Yeah. That's up 43% on last year, 42% on pre-pandemic 2019. The cumulative total for 2022 is now 14,484, which is the best part of 22,000 annualised, which will be the uh, but by the time you throw Scotland and Northern Ireland in, it 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 is going to be the greatest number of insolvencies in a year on record, I think. Really? And, wow. Yep. Yeah, and, wow. and, and of course, it's all coming from people closing down the businesses. Yeah. It's CVLs. C- isn't C- it? CVLs. Yeah. 87% of all the failures so far this year are CVLs. If you go back to, to pre-pandemic, it was 70%. So that's, that's where it's and going and, and because we've still got this, you know, we we're expecting with this uncertainty that there may still be more to come yep. on um, on that side. Yep. yep. 
So it's not, it's a, what an interesting time to live. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really it feels like we've, we've been through COVID. We thought we were kind of coming out of that and then we're into, and I think as you, you made the point that this, this is big. I mean, it, for all of us, the, the impact on our daily lives, obviously nowhere near as, as big as, as, as COVID was when everything mm. was shut down, but, you know, structurally and, you know, actually it's almost a hidden, the, the worrying thing is that this hidden impact and the, you know, this, yeah. as you were saying, the real, very real choice of people, you know, eating and um, in heating and that's that's devastating and then you know multiply that into business um impacts for the for, mm-hmm. for, for what this will do to um to, to businesses i think is absolutely we, we, we're on for a, a very rough rough ride um yes and we will we will watch it with interest indeed i'm gonna say i'm, I'm conscious that we've, we've we've talked a lot and so i'm not going to spend very much time on this but i do want to just highlight to listeners that the second part the corporate's um, transparency bill, the Economic Crime and Corporate Transparency Bill 2022 has been introduced um, to Parliament. That was confirmed last week. And this is the second part of those reforms that we were promised back in um, March time when we had the overseas um, register register of, of businesses um, who own, own property. Um, I think it's called the Row. we're calling that now. Um, so mostly the, the things that will be interesting to, to our listeners is the company's house reform um, mm. parts that are contained within this. We will talk about it um, and I will send some some links around with the recording. Lots of fact sheets, lots of um, lots of proposals. Most, if if you're familiar with the consultations that have been going out in, in, in over the past couple of years, it's broadly speaking, it contains those proposals. It's obviously got to go through Parliament though, and you know, let's see. These things always change. Let's hope for the better. Let's hope that there is enough consensus in Parliament to really kind of beef these um, rules up and, and get some real reform at Companies House. And let's hope that the government finds the resources to implement them. Well, exactly. I mean, there are big change in fees, you know, the, so the, mm. the idea of, of, of how, how much money it will cost to incorporate, I think it's £12 now. So I think they're you know, at least £50, hopefully. And, and if that money then gets diverted into um, the, the institutions that are required to, to actually mm. police this, it'll be a, a good thing. But we, hope. we will see. We will see. There are other demands on that money now, um, it, mm. it looks like. Anyway, Nick, as ever, thank you so much for um, a really comprehensive review of what's been going on in the last few (laughs) few hours, few days. Um, To all our listeners, thanks so much. And we will be back again soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye.